My name is Dorcas Crawford and I'm delighted to host a series of podcasts for Family Mediation NI. Separation, divorce and family breakdown are a sad fact of life, but the common factor for parents in these circumstances is their children's best interests. Over the various episodes, we will hear from the director, from the mediators and other professionals about the service that Family Mediation NI provides and its role in empowering parents to look at the future, focus on their children and begin a new chapter of Parenting Apart. Welcome to another episode of the Family Mediation NI podcast and I'm delighted today to be chatting to Polly Rowan Hamilton who is a real life mediator with Family Mediation NI and I think has been doing that for 11 years, is that right Polly? Yes that's right, I've been working with with FMI and I trained with FMI for the last 11 years. Excellent. So you'll be able to give us lots of insight into what goes on. We've talked in other episodes more generally about the service that's provided mm-hmm. by FMNI and and various aspects of that people can hear in different episodes. But what I'd really like to talk to you today about specifically is the provision of training for mediators through FMNI and then later a bit about the supervision system which operates within the organisation. But before we get into all that, just tell me a bit about yourself, Polly. Yeah, well, maybe it'd be helpful for me to tell you a little bit about then how I came to to find my way into mediation. So the early part of my career was as a teacher and a deputy head in Wandsworth, London, working closely with a variety of incredible children and their families and developing strong communication links with families to support their children together. Um, And then relocating with my young family was a time of change and led to further teaching work in Northern Ireland. And I, I had been looking at and discussing a possible change in career with friends and colleagues. And FMNI came to my attention when researching mediation as it was really the only provider in Northern Ireland. And also I was impressed by the integrity that FMNI offered, a thorough foundation training programme, 12 days training, 10 hours supervised practice, including the separating couples training. Not only was the training offering supervised practice and the possibility of a service level agreement with FMNI and regular continuing professional development and regular supervision, which for me was a complete package of professional professional mediation service. Do you think that might be because you'd come from a profession where it was regulated, where there was very formal training in place, that was something that you valued because you were going into kind of a new profession for you? Uh, absolutely. I think if you're going to go in and start working within a professional organisation, it's important that integrity and the boundaries around it and the expectations not only of your behavior but your level of training is respected and encouraged within the organization and that's something that FM and I have done since the minute that I first engaged with them. Excellent and we're going to come in a minute to a bit more detail about what that would be like if I wanted to apply to be a mediator with Family Mediation and mm-hmm. I what that training would involve mm-hmm. so so our listeners can find out a bit more about that but mm-hmm. before we get to that what was it specifically about family mediation as opposed to, I'm guessing from your research, and our listeners will know that I'm a mediator in another field of work, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing from your research that you looked at all kinds of mediation, but you ended up specifically in family mediation, which is, we know, very specific training, has aspects to it that other kinds of mediation don't have. Mm-hmm. What was it for you personally that drew you to that? I would suspect a few things. One is that my background has been working with families already as a, as a teacher with young children. Equally, the one of the things that I've always thought is very important in any f- area of our professional working lives is the area of communication. Mm-hmm. And that is something that comes across very strongly, obviously, with mediation. 
but also the desire to have the privilege of working with families and supporting them without being advisory mm-hmm. or directing them, giving them their own autonomy with the support and facilitative model of mediation that FM&I offers. Yeah, and that's that's, that's something we've talked about in other episodes as well. And, and I know that the one thing that all kinds of mediation do share is that idea of empowering people to come up with their own solutions. Mm. Is that something that attracted you? Have it, you'd, you'd worked with families, obviously, in school and you'd seen issues that Mm. people needed to resolve was that also part of your own story that that brought you to a position where you wanted to be able to help people to find those solutions yes and I and also backed up by the fact that I genuinely believe unless there is a a legal reason or a capacity issue Mm. or a risk issue why families shouldn't be their own decision makers I think it is one of the most important things that we can do and this is a personal view for a society is to allow families to be their own decision makers. Yes. So they know, as we all know, every family is unique and every family needs the ability and support to be able to be the decision makers because they know their children better than anyone else does. And for us to think that they don't, unless there is obviously, as I said earlier, a risk or safeguarding issue, it's it's damaging to society not to support families. Absolutely. And and it's really interesting because I can hear your passion coming across that Mm. that's something that you felt you really believed in. So then you signed up for FMNI mediation training. So Polly, could you tell us just what the training with FMNI actually involves? Yes. The Foundation Training Programme is a 12-day training programme spread out over a number of months. And then once you have completed that, you are then eligible to go forward to a 10 hours of supervised practice where you sit in a room with an accredited mediator and start to learn how to work cases and to manage them effectively. Okay. And then after that, you have we have ongoing continuing professional development. If you are able to have a service level agreement with Family Mediation Northern Ireland, you then have access to a professional practice consultant and they offer mandatory four hours supervision a year. Not only are you taught to a very high level, we had incredibly experienced teachers and mediators on our course who were leading us, but also the development of reflective practice, which I Um. found really unusual and I thought highly professional way of supporting mediators to develop the very best of themselves not only is how they manage the the process in the room but also how they develop the ability to reflect on what they're doing so that they maintain the highest standards possible when they're mediating and you don't fall into an echo chamber that's so interesting so yes I mean some of our listeners may not have heard the term reflective practice it's talked about in all sorts of areas social work and Mm -hmm. different professions but so so tell me a wee bit more about what you mean by reflective practice and how in your training you were taught to do that Mm. so one of the things that one of the most important things about mediation is that there are principles that any mediation is governed by and as a mediator you are standing over those principles and ensuring the safety of everyone in the room to have good, well-informed and future-focused conversations. Mm-hmm. When you come out of a room, when you've been incredibly busy in a mediation, often things will be, you'll be revisiting things, thinking things through again. And one, and one of the things that we do to support mediators, and I really benefited from this support when I was training, was the ability to have someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I asked this question, and I'm not entirely sure that that actually supported the client to reflect on what they were saying. Was it a reflective question? Mm-hmm. Was, so that you're developing your own practice, which yeah. keeps your standards high. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? It does really make sense. And what I, I heard, I think, from listening to what you've just said was 
that these are very high standards that you're taught and trained in, but also there is room for you to develop your own style a bit as well. And that as long as when you do that reflection on Mm -hmm. the session you've just done, Mm -hmm. you can say, yes, that went well that time, but next time I might do it in a more relaxed way or Mm -hmm. I might, as you get more experience. So there's room for a variety of personalities and what you personally can bring to it, but it's always regulated by this kind of framework, if you like, or Mm. standard of having good practice Mm. and isn't reflection just one of the best practices. So so do you do that on your own then or do you then, you mentioned a supervisor, do you work with a supervisor to say, so I've just done this session, maybe today it was a really difficult session. I'm not quite sure. I'd like to think through how and mm-hmm. go back over some of those questions. Do you well, have somebody else to do that with? Well, one of the most lovely ways that we the training was run from my perspective is that when we started out, when you do, if you are granted to go on to do your 10 hours supervised practice, mm-hmm. you then are generally, you're co-mediating with an accredited ah. and highly experienced mediator. And that is, I mean... It takes me back, actually. It reminds me slightly of teaching. The privilege when you first start teaching is you go in to observe different teachers in their classrooms. That is a privilege as a mediator. You get to work in with families, but you have someone who's more experienced there with you. So when you are coming out and you have time afterwards and you're maybe just capturing, you know, where you think when the next session will be or what's going to happen next you are aware that you're able to run past your ideas and reflective practice Mm -hmm. that's really when I because now of course I am in a position where I do supervision with other mediators because I have a bit of experience now but the wonderful thing about that reflective practice it is not just aimed at the person in the room who's maybe had less experience I would always be saying I want to hear what you think about what I said it is it's 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 360 degrees it's all-encompassing because we learn every time we work with any family yeah. Yeah. because there's always going to be a situation every family's unique there's always going to be a situation when we don't know yeah. what's going to crop up what what questions may be asked what misunderstandings there may be and that allows us to develop i think brilliant i it's something that in my world of mediation which is mostly workplace and and conflict management it's something i've always really envied about family mm-hmm. mediation that i mm-hmm. knew your organisation did because it's not in any i don't work in any particular organisation mm-hmm. And I, I, so what I've done is volunteer, you know, is found like a mentor or a kind of casual, a friend who's more experienced to say. That's built in for us. Yeah, but I think that's fantastic. In training, but then also when you, when when you finish your training or supervised practice, you are assigned a mediator. There is a mandatory amount of hours you need to have a supervision every year as a trained mediator. Oh, even each year once you're. Four four hours is mandatory for the College of Mediators UK, our accrediting body. Now. On top of that, we offer ad hoc supervision because particularly young mediators may come out of a case. There may be something flagging. Suddenly something may occur to them that's been said. We obviously have proper procedures. If anything serious was flagged, like safeguarding, anything like that, there is a complete procedure that mediators go through. But if you just want to talk through what's happened, what's what's been raised, um, it's it's. So all I can say is it's been incredibly powerful. And and brilliant for learning, presumably, because you're still learning. Even 11 years on, you're still learning. Oh, yes. I would say that I've I've always got... I I could never say I can sit in any situation and know what's going to happen or know that I can deal with what's ever going to happen. I know that I'm learning every single time I'm doing working with any family. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I think that's great for people to hear that you're putting... If you come to Family Mediation NI, you're putting yourself in very safe hands because... Even if you've got a brand new mediator, they've got somebody beside them who is mm. going to be helping with that and keeping them right and steering. Because it must yeah. be nerve wracking when you come out of that training period and do your very first mediation. Can you remember yours? Yes. 
I'm not going to ask you any details, of course, because the absolute most important thing about mediation is confidentiality. I can, but I can, can you do I us can, a little anonymized version? I can certainly tell you a little bit because I can remember very clearly having been there early, very organized, setting up, knowing exactly how I wanted to run the initial part of the session to put everyone at their ease. <laughs> and I remember sitting down and, and, and the clients started talking and they were articulate and very interesting. And I was listening and listening and paying attention. And then I suddenly remembered, Polly half an hour you've got to manage this process you can't just sit and let them talk yeah for, yeah <laughs> you know I mean? we've got to we'll put some focus and, and draw them to their agenda or whatever it was but it was that real I'm running this yeah. now I've got to make sure that I'm looking after their process for them and that's yeah. really what we're there to do yes. is to look after yeah. their mediation process and the other thing I would like to touch on actually is we also we have group supervision so okay. not only do we have individual one-on-one supervision with your PPC which is a, a professional practice consultant we have group supervision which is when you get together with other mediators and we discuss in a very confidential yeah. and obviously anonymized way cases and issues that may have come up and that allows mediators time to reflect and support one another. But it's totally confidential that and anonymized. So it's only it's run. Yeah, we run about three or four of those a year, depending Brilliant. on what's, what's required. Yeah, that, that's fantastic because one of the things that really strikes me the more I've been learning about family mediation and I through doing this series of podcasts is that there is a real there's a lot of safety net built in for the mediator so if I was thinking for the first time of training as a mediator with FMNI it's it it might be terrifying because I'm doing something new but effectively I've got a real support network mm. constantly FMNI have a very big we have a very big responsibility we're yeah. client-led our, yeah. our, des- our service delivery is client-led and we cannot allow people out on unsuspecting public unless <laughs> we know their trade to, the, to where we want them to be. And particularly you know. the people who are coming to you are in generally a very vulnerable yes, position. Yes. So Every for them has to know that. And difficulty. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, so to yeah. put them with someone who may be too newly trained needs a bit of, would be inappropriate and we, we yeah. take that very seriously. And I understand, Polly, that as well as the couple's separating or not couples or managing mm-hmm. children and arrangements and things that you also have trained in a specialist area of elder mediation is that right yes I trained as an elder mediator down funnily enough I did the training down in Dublin with later life and I'm now an accredited elder mediator with the elder mediation international network which really widens the scope so as normally I would have been working with say two two family members in a room maybe three if there was another family member that needed to be present in these situations you're obviously often working with an elderly family member Okay. and there are issues and maybe siblings it, it, the dynamic can change depending on each family but there can often be siblings or children involved or what, what does it mean I, I suspect a lot of our listeners won't know what elder mediation means it's getting allowing and supporting the voice of the elder in, within a family mediation setting okay so, so that, would it be like maybe an issue around the older person needing care absolutely. or selling a house or yeah. those kind of things, things that we that all to every have probably family. had experience yes. of yeah yes. and the older we get and the older our parents get in our families we mm. all so that that's an amazing service but also one which although you trained elsewhere family mediation and I provides absolutely we offer we offer this service and it is really transformative and it has yeah. been a one a one I feel very privileged to work with families in this area and, and I've and been supported by FMNI which I'm very grateful for because it has there have been some wonderful transformative stories for families and particularly elder members in their later years when maybe there's been fracture or issues that have arisen in the past that have never been resolved and then they are very keen to resolve it yeah and it's a fantastic resource for people because uh, as I'd previously been a lawyer and one of the things that I came across most in my law firm Mm -hmm. in the family and probate 
side of things were maybe when somebody was dying or in the selling of property where they had to be and and getting families to agree is so difficult and triggers so many issues that have gone on the family for years and to be able if certainly if I was still in the law and I could offer somebody family mediation or elder Mm. mediation in that setting I just think it's a fantastic Mm. resource that maybe isn't very widely known you don't see much about it increasingly I think it Mm. is is more widely known I think that one of the things that's really um wonderful about it is that every family falls into patterns of communication of course and of course when you're dealing with elder elder family and sort of wider family issues these patterns of communication can have been embedded for quite a while and often it's just giving families the opportunity to learn to listen and respond to each other again in a more in a confidential setting where they're not going to be judged and Mm. they feel supported because they would like to affect change going Mm. forward and that's one of the very important things actually about fmni's work is we are future focused. We're not here to be therapeutic, mm. to hold people's hands and say they're there. You know, obviously we can work with and acknowledge emotion, but if the yeah. emotion is too challenging or too overwhelming for families, we would certainly not be considering bringing them into mediation yes. at that stage. Yeah. But that's touching more on assessment, actually. So yes, yeah, but but on your normal practice, I mean, it's really useful to just hear how that training works how the supervision works and then how what you've described is bringing it into your practice mm-hmm. on a regular basis I is really helpful the to other know thing that. that of course links into that is con- continuing professional development of course which is also one could uh, you know so is, is part of the whole su- sort of professional development but also supervision so we're always looking with with our mediators and it was certainly this is how I was treated looking to see where your weaknesses are where are your strengths where do we need to build you up where should you be having a little accessing some more training and getting some support to deliver mm. a yeah. really strong service. Yeah, excellent. I think if it, all that you said, I think, would help certainly to make me feel if I were a client or considering mediation that I'm in very safe hands, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, everything else in my world might be falling apart. But if I can get help from Family Mediation and I, here's a way of dealing with my situation that is very sensitive, very tuned into where I am. And also the people that I'm going to are experts and there are all these safety nets as well. Polly, it's really clear to me that you're very passionate about what you do, that you are very committed and engaged in mediation. What is it that you love about it? Because you clearly do love it. I do. And it is the privilege of being able to work with families. Every family is unique and being able to support them as they find a way to move forward as co-parents together in a future focused and well-informed manner to support themselves and their families. It's, yeah. it's, very, it's, a, it's a huge, huge issue. But incrementally, if families can take this step, oh, all power to them and respect. I mean, sure. I, I find it very, I feel I find it very moving when people are brave enough to do it. Not only do you improve the outcomes for your children, but we know that you improve the outcomes for society because that trickle down effect, children learn from that point how they ideally, <laughs> yeah. we could manage, you know, conflict going forward. Well, Polly, it's been a privilege to talk to you. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. It's really great insight into how you got to where you got to and how all mediators get to where they get to within Family Mediation NI. So thank you for your time and for sharing all that with us. Thank you, Dorcas. If you'd like to find out more about the services we've discussed in the podcast, please visit the website familymediationni.org.uk.